0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 24 of Purple Hyacinth um, Deceitful Dream. And we are with Fruit, uh, Fu, and Hezzy. Hello.
1: Hello. Awesome.
0: And Fu's going to start us off.
2: So we start off on a very ethereal setting. Um, Lauren's eyes are closed, and this place is somewhere that we haven't really seen before. It looks like a forest. There's a lot of turquoise and blues and greens. And overall, it just feels very magical. Um, Lauren opens her eyes and she looks up and there's a lot of sort of sunlight on her and particles, like magical particles around. And we hear someone say, run implying Lauren, and it's a nickname for her. And then Lauren notices this, and um, the person says her nickname again, Ren. And then Lauren notices a boy, and he's smiling as he stands in front of her, and he says, you're so slow, come on. And Lauren says something that we can't really make out as she looks up to him. And suddenly she's smiling and she says, there you are. And she's running towards him. And then in the next panel, it's a younger version of her. And she's saying, why were you hiding? So where is it? And the boy says, I don't know. And keep in mind, we can't really see the boy's face super clearly. Um, We can see his nose, his mouth sometimes, but we don't get to see his eyes. And when he says, I don't know, um, it's a lie. And then he says, it's not with me. And he has his hands up in the air as if I'm innocent. And Laura knows he's lying. And so she says, liar, I know you have it. And she starts chasing him and the boy starts running. And he says, well, if you want it, you'll have to catch me first. That is, if you can. And Lauren is laughing, he's laughing. But then the scene um, fades to black as Lauren reaches out for his hand, and we get this close up panel of their hands almost touching before Lauren is woken up. So, thoughts on that?
0: This is such a sad moment. And, you know, a lot of times, dreams, like when often when people have childhood dreams if they've had good childhoods their dreams will always be much more pleasant than their reality and this dream reflects it like you said the setting is like nothing we've seen before so what we see of daily life in our college is usually pretty somber in terms of coloring and setting it's a lot of buildings it's a city and we don't see Lauren relaxing or enjoying herself or you know being outdoors in nature just having a good time that's not her reality right now that's not her life and part of it is being an adult and part of it is her grief and the situation that she places herself in she's not the kind of person who even though she could sit and relax and sit probably sit on the beach in the Bahamas she doesn't so for her for us to be drawn back into her childhood is seeing a part of her that we never saw before in a different a different life for her and a different a different I think you know level of happiness.
2: Mm -hmm. I think the scene is also a metaphor for Lauren chasing what is supposedly gone Um, because and just like her not really be being able to catch that person because the child kind of represents well her being um, depicted as a child and the boy being a child uh, symbolizes their childhood their shared childhood and their friendship that they had in that childhood and Lauren is chasing after the boy in this scene and if you just put it after the on you put that on paper she is essentially chasing after what is gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Chasing after
2: this, is gone. Mm-hmm. and like you said, this is a fantasy. This location probably doesn't actually exist. And also, I think the Lauren asking questions. So, where is it? We don't know what she's supposed. What she's actually supposed to be talking about? Like, what is it? But I think it's safe to assume that Lauren is looking for happiness. So, where is my happiness? And the boy says, I don't know. It's not with me.
0: And that is a lie. That is so poignant and probably true. Oh my gosh. I never, I didn't think of it that way. Wow. Oh, that hits hard. Poor Lauren yeah, she can't find happiness until she's, you know, reached closure with what happened or maybe didn't happen to Dylan. Oh, I'm so sad.
1: For me, this scene is really just like, um, it's like a mixture of nostalgia. And because this is like one of the panels that we genuinely see Lauren being happy. It's, in her dream it's she's happy she's smiling she even goes back to her younger self and it's kind of sad seeing her then Mm -hmm. waking up from her dream and the title of the episode is literally disequal dream which is pretty sad considering the context
0: yeah yeah she's left lying there in the bed just uh, well, I don't know food. If you want to describe like what happens and how she reacts afterwards, but it's so so sad. I'm sure I can do that. But hmm.
2: I'm wondering, is there anything else? Oh yeah. Okay. So Lauren is chasing after in quotations her happiness. She's chasing after the boy who symbolizes that happiness because that's what she thinks will bring her happiness is finding this boy again. But that's. I can't really see that happening again. I don't think, even if this kid is alive, I don't think that him coming back into her life will bring her happiness. It's only at this point in the story Lauren believes he will. And that is why she is trying to take down the Phantom Scythe, partly because, you know, for the good of the city, but also as revenge, because she thinks that she will get closure with herself if she can. Um, defeat the phantom scythe and that maybe after that she will be happy
0: i don't even know if she's consciously recognizing that she's seeking happiness i do think that you're right that she is seeking happiness at least she's seeking you know avoiding the the cl- the ending of the pain she's in now you know um i don't know if she recognizes that consciously though but um you know it's it's something that's a, it's kind of like a fatal delusion that adults have and i'm gonna sound so like uh, caustic about life. But, I don't believe that um, people have had a happy childhood, you know, stress-free, non-abusive, whatever, nice, loving childhood. Generally, their childhood days are happier than their adulthood days because adults have a lot of stress to deal with. And, you know, we we go up and down a lot more. We have um, years slash moments of intense, um, you know, negative feelings of various sorts. So, you know, it's a common trope, you know, that people wish they could go back to the, the innocence and the carefreeness of their childhood because, there's a lot, a lot of it is that the lack of intellectual development and the lack of responsibilities that, you know, simplicity breeds, you know, um, more happiness. But so there is kind of a delusion of adulthood that, you know, if Lauren hasn't realized it yet that her adult life is never going to be as happy as her childhood life with closure or without closure, with knowing what happens to Dylan with phantom Scythe or without phantom Scythe, it's never going to go back to that in any case so yeah I wonder if Lauren will ever realize that
1: um to me I I always view Lauren as a character who is quite literally stuck in the past she can't let go of things because otherwise it wouldn't be so extreme she wouldn't be part of um she wouldn't Agree to have a deal with Kieran, She probably wouldn't make that board in her room, and it's it's like she can't let go. Yeah, literally, she can't let go of the past, and in a sense, that's her weakness because that's what we see in episode twenty-two and twenty-three. She sees a picture that some that reminds her of something in her past and that basically triggers her to do actions that put Kieran at, both Kieran and Lauren at risk. Yeah.
0: What well, I- You know, dreams are an amazing, and they've always been this way, like, throughout time perennial, humans have always attached a lot of importance to dreams, they've gone to seers to interpret their visions, you know, in every, like, culture across the world and every time period, and the story now is making great use of the dream as, like you said, it's a symbolism, as showing, you know, her inner desires, and it's just a beautiful mechanism for portraying something that may be unconscious in, in a human being, and I just love how it's done here. um yeah do we have anything else to say about the dream or do you want to go on to her reaction when she wakes up which is so sad
2: I think again like her reaching for the child reaching for her happiness but just barely missing it and not being able to grab it is ironic and it's that's and that's what wakes her up from it the inability to reach that happiness so we get this amazing transition from child Lauren reaching out for the boy to her hand falling down. And we see that she's in her room reaching up towards the ceiling and she looks shocked. Her eyes are wide as she just stares upwards and she's looking at her hand and she narrates, I hated happy dreams. Her hand closes to a fist. And she closes her eyes in what seems to be frustration. Because they always reminded me of something I couldn't feel anymore. And she brings her hand to her forehead to cover her eyes. And get the oh. card.
0: Uh, so sad. You know, normally, like, Lauren is, is such a self-sufficient person. And so she's, like, such a bulldozer and a bulldog. And how, you know, how strong she is and how she goes forward that we normally don't feel pity for her you know she's not the self-pitying kind of person she doesn't put herself out as a victim she's very strong she's very like just determined she goes ahead and she doesn't i would say she doesn't look at the past but that's not true but this moment just makes us feel so bad for lauren you Really, like, it's so-
1: like it's like in the dream she's deluding herself to a happy ending And when she wakes up, she's reminded of reality, which is really sad because um, I personally want all characters to be happy. Um, It's happiness is one of the most, in my opinion, happiness is one of the most um, important things in life. But what Lauren is doing is that her dream is like an escape reality she's literally in a sense taken back to time she turns into a child and when she wakes up she she knows that it was a dream. She knows that she's deluding herself into this happy world where everything might have been normal and it's sad. Yeah. Oh.
0: More Lauren, want to go to um, the next part, Hedy?
1: Yes. So um, after food's part, we are taken to the snowy streets of Artillus. We don't know exactly where, but the the Lauren's team is on patrol. Uh, it has been three days since. Uh, whatever happened in episode twenty three, and Kieran has yet not reached out to Lauren, nor Lauren went back to the cave. There, and there, what the patrol team, particularly Lauren, is walking past this big crowd of people, and there is actually one prominent figure that we actually don't know who yet, but. It, he's the only, whoever it is, is the only clear figure in the crowd that we know. Um,
0: and every single person at this point was like, Is that Dylan? Because he has, you know, white hair. It looks, you know, his yeah. outfit is similar. Looks, I, he looks kind of young here, by the way, to be Dylan. But mm-hmm. and
2: I'm just saying, this episode starts off with Lauren chasing the child. So, what if it ends with the child chasing Lauren? that's kind
0: of scary <laughs> it also kind of points out that um you know regardless of who this person actually is when you're looking for something you tend to see it there's, that's actually it's one of the common heuristics but you know if you're like i'm sure they're like every five seconds there's somebody that reminds her of dylan because it's on her mind all the time like we know with the newsboy it's she reminded her of dylan and it's she probably sees him a lot <laughs> Yeah, and
1: it's also another way to deceive yourself, to delude yourself, that uh, whoever this person is looks like whoever was in the dream. And therefore, you think, oh, it's the same person, when it might actually not be that person. Yeah. Um, so, and Lauren isn't surprised that Kieran isn't reaching out to her because they were nearly caught by the police in episode 23, Uh, she confirms that Ancelo heard her voice and saw part of Warren's face, but it actually is revealed that Ancelo didn't actually remember, and It transitions to a scene at night with, I think, a detective or officer talking to Herman saying that Anslow appears to have taken several blows to the head. He had multiple blackouts and has experienced mild memory loss. He doesn't remember how he ended up in that room or what happened before he lost consciousness the second time. And he says that he only, Ancelo only remembers being interrogated by a man. And Very fortunate in, for her, by the way. Yes, <laughs> like, because it would yeah. have, if Anslow had remembered, it would have been, uh, in a sense, crucial, because it gives a whole new perspective for the police to find people. And she says, I'll just continue on my own, like always, it's probably better this way, and I've risked my neck with this assassin for long enough. But... Uh, she said, I still need to find a way to get to Anslow because she needs to ask him about that picture that triggered her in episode 23, because Anslow could only answer her questions. Um, we go down. There is a panel of Lucas saying, uh, is sure like hitting like a truck this year. <laughs> He's shivering he's like, you know, usually yeah. he's
0: um stoic and com- complains. You wouldn't expect him to complain about this kind of stuff. Like he doesn't strike us as at least he doesn't strike me as that kind of person.
1: Yeah, and going we go down. There is a panel again. This time we, we still saw so the man from earlier that is prominent in the crowd, we can see that he took out something in this one panel with Harvey, Lucas, and Lauren. Uh she, And then we see that Warren notices somebody, and there is a big footstep called "clack," and a woman with brown hair bursts out of a alleyway.
0: um, Before we continue, can we like notice, pay more attention? So, what the guy took out? Do you see what it is?
1: It's kind of hard to see from like the the angle that's in, but it's like yeah, it's a camera. It's it's like a like one of those vintage looking cameras
0: (laughs) and then the next panel like has you know it's kind of like you see the flash I didn't notice it the first time by the way but and Lauren likes kind of turns and then she's distracted by this person so I now I'm wondering I'm like do you think she was Nah, probably not yeah I don't think it's connected
1: I guess it's Um, when I first saw this panel I was kind of thinking it's it was like um, she she's like uh, how do you describe it? it's like she suddenly focuses on one object and I I thought that it was the woman but yeah it could be taken as a camera flash
0: yeah that's what I thought I mean that's what I think now at least <laughs> um should I take over from here sure Okay, so we now see um, Will and Lauren looking at this woman who's running away, and now we focus in on her eyes. She has a mask covering her face, and she's like, shit. And there's just this funny panel of, like, the entire police patrol force just looking at her. And, you know, then this is, like, kind of an aerial view of all of them with her, so it's meant to be comedic. And, you know, she obviously feels trapped she pulls out a, a dagger and they pull out their guns and now she starts fighting because it's like eh, you know one dagger three guns not gonna not a not gonna help her and she starts running away Will says Officer Sinclair and I will pursue Sergeant Sergeant Liddell the patrol is in your charge we'll catch up with you as soon as we're done with her and they run after her and meanwhile the guy is still there he still has the camera in his hands and we just have this last like focus on him so yeah the, the authors definitely want us to notice him in case we didn't notice now we definitely are noticing and he lifts up the camera and takes another picture and it's like three panels and, and
1: uh one prominent feature of the man um because he gets close up in the last panels but we notice that he one of his hand he only has four fingers
0: Well, he has he has he has four fingers, but one of them is cut off at the knuckle. Yeah, yeah, and it's burnt. Looks like, yep. And you know, we see his he's taking a picture of her running. You know, kachah. You see, he's taking a picture, and that's how it ends. So we don't know at this point who this mystery man is and why he's taking pictures of Lauren. And lots of people speculated that he was Dylan. Lots.
2: <laughs> well, we don't know yet.
0: I'm just know. saying it, it could still be doing.
1: He looks pretty young. Yeah, he looks pretty suspicious. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, one of the things about doing earlier episodes is you can't theorize anymore because we like for something. Well, something we could theorize on, but like for something like this, like we already know who it is, so like we can't spend twenty minutes theorizing because <laughs> we know. Mm-hmm.
2: Lawrence, oh my God, lauren's line about where were you hiding in that dream sequence I'm like oh is that foreshadowing like is this kid alive are they in hiding
0: I was wondering also if like if she if they're kind of if Sophie F kind of put in like a real thing in there you know for like where is it and I have it on me maybe like Dylan some has something that's actually or was when he was a kid I don't know if he's around anymore or not but like maybe he had something that he was hiding from people right and that he had that's maybe the reason he was apprehended the reason he went missing and um so maybe it actually meant something or maybe it's just uh, like the happiness like you said
1: um I have several theories um, on what Dylan actually meant by saying um I don't have it on me um but if I say it it would I would have to mention episode 49 which is like 20 episodes ahead um so I'm going to shut my mouth for now but I have several things now now I want to hear it (laughs)
0: okay well you know maybe I'll end the recording here and we'll do that as a bonus (laughs) (laughs) like a separate episode so like if you haven't if you haven't caught up don't watch this yet can we do that sure that's me. Sure. or you know what let's just keep it and be like okay people if you haven't read it yet don't listen further if you have listen further here
1: um so i was personally thinking that what dylan was saying referred to the flower crown in episode 49 okay. Interesting. um at some point in the story, he creates, I think, a daisy crown.
2: Yeah, he creates a crown in episode 49, like you said.
1: Yeah, and he puts it on Warren's head. And um, I don't know if they're even related at all, but... Um, she, her saying, where is it? I was thinking, um, in a sense, can be referred to the flower crown, because her, um, I think they made multiple flower crowns. Like, they were, Dylan was teaching Learn how to create those flower crowns and um, I was and she loses the flower crown when she's running to find Dylan in the explosion so I thought it could refer to that um, but maybe like food also said the hiding part um, since. All we know, Dylan is only missing, because the only thing he really left was the hat on the ground. So what Lauren could mean by saying, where were you hiding, can mean either one, like a childhood game, or where were you all these years-ish question. But since she's kind of reverted into a child, she says, where were you hiding?
0: do we have anything do we have anything else to say about the episode before we close it out mm, and I think it's, I it's think extremely poignant are you, you saying not that I can think of I think I don't
2: have anything
1: else to say as well
0: yeah I mean it's extremely poignant and um, it's a beautiful chapter it's very sad So yeah, I mean, she, you know, she has a a big, you know, she's, she carries around a lot of sadness that she doesn't really process. Yeah. And it comes out here. Well, on that somber note, (laughs) thank you so much for joining. (laughs) Thank you for uh, having
1: us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us. We'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Allie Cat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe, Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tacos, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, and Laura. Your support is truly appreciated.